that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's me, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk, uh, joined by Dermot Nolan. How are you, Dean? Very well. Um, good to have you back on board, as always, really. It's not really happening. You yeah. You're generally here. And, uh, and, and Paddy Aspel is here as well. Paddy, how are you? How are we doing, guys? Super. Ready, ready to rock and roll. We've got some serious performances to talk about from last weekend. We'll do that in the first half and uh, and catch up with everything kind of Cheltenham-esque related and where people are now in the pecking order. People, by that mean horses. And then we will talk in the second half about fascinating weekends racing uh, coming up at Newbury, of course, the old Hennessy meeting, now the Labbrook, and uh, and a bit of racing at Fairy House, which is their part of their Bar One meeting, which is an absolute stonker, as always. So we will do that in the second half. We've also got a few questions in uh, from the Race Hour Twitter community so thank you very much for those uh, we didn't land a few winners uh last week demo chris's dream uh toppled your nap unfortunately well, your nap toppled Topples, actually in yeah. detroit town it could turn out to be a blessing um because chris's dream the way that he won so well the Ravenhill, i'm not sure he would have got them chris's dream just okay. looked like a handicapped dream altogether you know he's probably just off being a great one horse so he's mm. you know he was just well in for that race robbie power he can't seem to get anything wrong which we'll we'll discuss later on but Ravenhill now for something like the Paddy Power Christmas or the Irish Grand National he, he's still on a decent mark but the fall definitely didn't do him the world of good but I think at best he would have ended up chasing him home mm. you get four or five pounds for doing that anyway and it's true it could have cost him so he's still on a good mark and we'll we'll persevere with him well he, Chris's dream I think I remember saying on the pod like, he looked like the horse maybe with the quality to go yeah. and carry a big old lump of weight but he still had to do it I think anything Robbie Power is riding at the minute is like getting a five pound allowance so that's super helpful uh, for him and I mean that in the in the best possible course, sense you yeah, know exactly course, what course, I mean course, right don't yeah, take yeah, that the wrong way yeah. um, uh, we did find a few other winners Paddy your Ban the Banner King Rebel uh, came home for you did it nice to get that one back on uh, winning ways for Jamie Snowden yeah and I mean Jamie Snowden is a yard who's going along terrifically well and I just thought to be honest if his jumping held up because in fairness he isn't he hasn't got the greatest technique that's the only thing I would say about him I'm not sure if I'd see this chap jumping a fence but sure over a hurdle he isn't great and I mean really that when he fell at Weatherby the last day he was still in with every chance but it was it, that is his downfall but in fairness to him on the main he jumped pretty well the other day but I didn't expect him to clear away and win as well as what he did um, but in the end he was skippy enough fight to four I just thought he'd be a little bit more value but still at least we, we got one right people listening to you Paddy that's what happened there I think the price would have been <laughs> slightly more generous if he hadn't been as confident uh, yeah. we did find a few other winners as well of course Lost in Translation who will talk about uh, winning uh, the Betfair chase uh, Creve Hill landed uh, the opening handicap at Aintree and then a couple on Friday actually went and did us a turn in the likes of Master Debonair and Angel's Breath um, Angel's Breath actually is on the list of horses we should discuss so maybe we we might start there um it's a brilliant performance on on the friday afternoon uh reminded me a bit of do you remember when 007 did something similar for yeah. Nicky henderson early in the season and and he was kind of the horse everyone took forward and it didn't happen again brain for him until a lot well later brain power another one of those yeah, yeah. he does like to get his novice chasers ready but it was a decent field and a stunning performance yeah, he hammered him. Now, the race did have a feel of uh, first flow rather falling apart. And, you know, yep. the rest of them, uh, first flow went very, very hard. Um, he's a horse that annoys me, really, just the way he jumps. Um, I'm not sure 
what way to go with him really but Angels Brett did everything he had to do he, he fenced very very quickly uh, he's a very exciting horse he didn't spend too much time in the air which is always something that I'm very keen on and he was fantastic he really was um, he's one to take forward now I, I think he's a JLT horse but you can see why some people think he's an Arkle horse me but um, it's all open to him now so we'll see a Kempton at Christmas I'd say probably I um, guess so yeah which way that he'll go and he's a very interesting horse we were mad about him last year it probably all happened a bit too quickly for him because they couldn't get the runs into him that they kind of wanted to mm. and um, he he clearly is as good as Nicky originally thought he was and he was fantastic really yeah I mean Paddy maybe you pick up on his jumping it was very economical whilst he's also got plenty of pace about him I thought immediately afterwards he looked an arkle type yeah no it was a very good effort I mean obviously the fractions were very strong weren't they with, with, with first flow I mean yeah I think the second is a very good horse. Um, you know, the thing is, it frustrates me at times. I think David Bass is a great rider. But as far as stable jockeys go, I'm not sure if he's a great stable jockey, if you know what I'm getting at. Because Kim Bailey's got some nice horses. But, you know, to think we're in November. And, I mean, first flow the other day, he emptied the tank on first flow. Yeah. Now, I mean, like I said, I'm not knocking Dave Bass as a rider, but I'm just thinking further down the season, there could be a real big race in this first flow. Now, fair enough, you know, he's a good traveller, he's a good jumper, so Dave Bass made use of that. But by the time he was approaching the last other day, he was absolutely goosed. Mm. Um, and going forward, you know, you could have really left a good race behind you there at Ascot the other day, for, to, you know, for a novice chase. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think he could have left a real nice one behind him. But anyway... You know, we're talking about the winner. I think it just helped. The fractions helped Angel's breath settle because he didn't take Nico on and mm. in the process jump very nicely. And yeah, he did go away and, and win by eight lengths on the day. But, you know, I just think if, if the fractions had been a little bit more um, civilized on, on the second, we could have had a real race here. But, you know, they were an absolute mild clear of Birchdale. So it was only between the two. But nonetheless, great starting point because... Ascot takes a bit of jumping, and in fairness, in, in in that department, he was absolutely foot perfect. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. I mean, it might just pick you up on on the David Bass thing. I mean, connections have put that horse in a very hot race. In fairness, Birchdale was in there as well. All right, there'll be other days when we we'll see more from Birchdale, and maybe instructions were to just go and light this horse up and see if they can catch him. And now they probably know where they stand, but maybe they don't. You made a good point there, Paddy. Dermot, you want to pick something up? Yeah, I. I agree with that from Paddy, really. Um, the fractions were absolutely crazy. Now, he, he did seem to jump a bit to his left at times as well, I thought, which mm. which wouldn't have helped the jockey. But yeah, he he just, he set the whole thing up for Angel's Bread. It's why I said it had the feel of a race that kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, Birchdale in third, it did, doesn't look a chaser to me at all at all. Um, I thought the 33 to 1 and bigger, you can get much bigger in the ex exchanges on him for the uh, the stairs hurdle might be interesting because that's, that's the route. I'd imagine he will it. Uh, end up going down because he just didn't look the first cousin he's, of a chaser to me he's in the colours of a horse that might look a chaser in the spring <laughs> just uh, just yeah, see Kim Weir isn't there <laughs> we'll just see uh, well maybe you know not this year but like he's a Welsh Grand National horse is he oh no <laughs> uh, in time in time in time okay uh, alright let's talk about the race that um, everyone was talking about beforehand and I don't mean lost in translation just yet but Altior against Sine do you know a little bit of me that loves horse racing died watching that race and I feel it's a very personal thing yeah but um, I love Altior and to see him 
not find the afterburners. I don't want to make this all about Arturo, but to see him not find the afterburners when I assumed they were coming because we'd seen it so many times. Even when he gets niggly, even when he gets um, looking like he's a you know a little bit under the pump, he never really is. But actually, he was. And I wonder. I don't think there's any question in my mind whether he stayed. He stayed. He just met Cyanime, who I'm now going to call him by his right name, surname, and. Uh, <laughs> And it was just too much for him on the day. Whether Nicky left him a little bit short, I don't know. I have to hope that's the case. Um, but I'm interested to get your view on it, Derma. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, in um, in the Rocky movie when Ivan Drago, uh, the Russian fighter, got hit and he bled. And they kind of, Rocky then kind of figured out that, God, this person's human. It's kind of like that <laughs> now with Altior like or Smallwood and that, you know, um, even horses now that take him on over two miles will be thinking, yeah, you know, he's, we can't beat him, like, uh, which is no harm for the season on the whole. Uh, surname was a horse that we just dramatically underestimated There's, there can be no getting away from that um, the horse is a lot better than we all gave him credit for now he was he was playing at home effectively uh, this is his track he knows exactly what he's doing there And but he, he was fantastic because at times his jumping wasn't as good as it can be as well so what's, what Surname actually put into the race was a huge performance I'm mad about Altior I've never kind of had the same love affair as you did Dean that kind of stretches back to the Supreme Novices that time when you wouldn't shut up that season about him but it's um, I really like him I think he stays but I think it just blunts everything that's great about him I think he's uh, a really exciting two miler because he can put in those massive jumps he then stays on like a weird he stays on like he stays further but those horses can be quite deceiving at times I can understand why Surname and Altior are thinking of going for a King George particularly surname but I think the two of them are just they I'd have them battling again in the Ascot Chase next year I don't think Altihor will be an effective stayer especially over three but there's plenty of time to get this right there's two great pictures from Michael Harris on Twitter uh, he's a brilliant horse racing photographer mm. and he had the two of them side by side um, a picture of surname and a picture of Altihor and you can clearly see that Altihor needs it a lot more than surname did okay. Paul Nichols had him tuned up on the day to perfection but Altior still has an awful lot of questions as far as being a stayer goes. Paddy, where are you on, on well, obviously, let's give the, the winner credit because he went and did something pretty special to keep Altior at bay because a couple of times it looks like Altior is going to come to him and, and doesn't, in any time I ever think, really had surname in uh, in danger. But um, Paddy, I want your take on this. I mean, you watched the matchup. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I suppose... You'd have to say, really, in your heart of heart, that there was never really any point of the race where you really strongly fancied Altior was going to win. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, surname. He did look very, very fit, very ready. He done everything right, and it just his technique is so good. I, I, him and Altior, although they're very good jumpers, they both got quite different techniques. Um. Altior is quite exuberant, you know, his back end comes up very high over his obstacles. And mm. whereas surname, he really attacks a fence and he almost hurdles a fence. If if yeah. I know it sounds a little bit silly, but he really does grab for a fence and he's very, very quick away from the back of a fence. He's big enough uh, to do that, isn't he, Paddy? He's like 17-3. He's big enough yeah. to kind of hurdle these fences as big as they are. But, but for for a big lad, he is very quick on his feet, whereas yeah. Alior is a bit more round, like a real national hunt horse. Um, you know, they're both just quite different in that way. But I mean, them last two uh, up the straight, I mean, Harry Cobden has absolutely fired him, I, I, especially the second last in particular. You know, he's really had to stretch for him. And, 
you know, his his horse didn't let him down. It was real good to watch. Um, I just thought it was a heck of a performance. And I mean, in fairness, like Altior was absolutely smash laid on me. He ended up going off one to three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, you can't say a horse that's beaten two and a quarter lengths didn't stay. Um, but he put an awful lot into it, didn't he? Because, you know, we've never seen Nico get down off him. And, you know, they, they could see afterwards that, you know, the old horse was just struggling to get a bit of breath into himself and yeah. and, and just recover. So it, it, it does show maybe whether it's telling us fitness-wise how much he was behind surname or, or how much of a performance surname has actually put up, um, you know, and, and, and he's had to try and match him. That It's just taken so much out of him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I don't think... I don't think they're they're entirely done there um, as far as matchups go. It'd be interesting to see where they go next. But on the day, I mean, surname was just he was just fabulous, wasn't he? He was, and we have to give him credit because I was very anti surname, and now I'm going to be very fair and say he be he beat the king, so he's now the king. But he has to go and do it elsewhere. So to yeah, no, but yeah, it's just as Paddy said, he 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 was outstanding, but. The real winner on the day um, is Dan Skelton and Solomon Gray. Like, what <laughs> placing? He just he just <laughs> trapped around, didn't damn all, and he collects more money than he did for his last yeah. win yeah. at Utoxeter. So as far as planning goes, there's a big gold star on its way to uh, to Dan Skelton. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Why not turn up and uh, and crash the party? Fair play to them, pick up a few quid. Um, what I was enthused by, I'm going to move on from this race very quickly, but um, what I was enthused by was that Nicky wasn't despondent. He was very kind of, well, let's go again the king george let's take him on i think maybe and what i'm going to hang my hat on here is that he knows how fit he had out for that first effort and um, if he thinks there's more to work on i'm pretty sure the horse stays uh three miles now around kempton would be ideal it he was five to two before he's seven to one now uh for the king george and i still think that's where the value lies in the king george but um demo's shaking his head you don't need to say anything demo i can tell him that you're properly shaking your head. Okay, there was uh, one other um, point I wanted to make. We did get a question. I asked for a few questions there on Twitter yesterday, and we did get one from Adam Ob underscore fourteen. Um, does Harry Cobden have a serious decision to make for a King George ride if surname and Clander's over turn up? No, he does not. He uh, rides surname. Yeah, he picks surname every single day of the week. As, as good as Clander's over was last year, I think they all have to realise that he won a bad King George and he 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 was kind of beaten out of sight there afterwards. So it's um. As much as he's a lovely horse, you'd love to own him, obviously. Uh, his surname's in a different parish. Okay, Paddy, you've got the choice. I'm giving you the option to ride surname or Clander's oboe in a King George. Which one you want? Um, I mean, they're both very good around Kempton. I mean, he's, he's won both the starts around Kempton as well, even surname yep. has. Yep. Um, but, you know, Clander's oboe, I think Kempton is always going to suit him far better than, than Presbury Park. And he's a very, very good horse around there. I don't think it will be a real black and white decision for okay. Harry. You just never know. Um, obviously, he's the one that's ridden both. Um, me, myself, I think off the back of the weekend, you'd probably have to go a surname. But you, you just wonder how hard a decision it would be for Harry. Interesting. I mean, that's that's the thing. I don't think it's much of a decision, but I'm no jockey. like So I have yeah, no idea. Like, I just ride the one that beat Altio. Um, okay. So we'll have to see. I mean, if, if that is truly his decision to make, then maybe it is a bit trickier than some of us are giving it credit for. Um, all right. Let's talk about a few other horses that ran over the weekend. Footpad was back, Dama. Yeah, Footpad was um, obviously, um, he's a horse who's very interesting. He's kind of interesting me an awful lot now going up and trip. Uh, touch of the size and John's about him a small bit and that, you know, he kind of, 
apart from he won his article, but this could just really unlock something about him. He won a nothing race. He beat Mala Beach in the end, um, who is what he is, but he, he definitely wouldn't be up to anything like that. But it'll just be interesting now to see how far up in trip they will actually put him. Could they run him in a King George? And he'd be interesting in that, not for just, just to see how close he could get to a loss in translation in Altior etc he's he's not in the same league but a staying trip could just bring him up yeah. into a different tier um, so definitely a watch this space type of horse rather than get excited about him just yeah yet. and he could add another dimension to a King George that we hadn't yeah. thought was possible until we seen him back I mean Paddy did it in a kind of regimental fashion nothing too exciting cleared nicely away obviously in good order um, a potential runner in the King George I guess yeah I mean that was much more like it the other day obviously yeah. he went off very skimpy odds, four to five. But I suppose, look, you've got to. He, he's beat. He's beat an eleven-year-old by ten lengths in Mala Beach. Sure. Um, I was disappointed with Jets. Jets was, you know, twenty lengths behind Mala Beach. I just thought the race absolutely fell apart a little bit. And in the end, you know, Darren Jacob, he, he's he's had to really do very very little on his chap, and it was just like a schooling race, to be honest, because he went down and jumped the last. Like he he could have gone round again. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, we didn't find out a whole lot in, in all in all's truth. Only that he's alive and well, and that's about it. Because I just thought the race was was very, was a very disappointing spectacle, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. There's 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 still loads of questions to answer around footpad, and we might see that around uh, St Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, as we call it in the UK. What about Lorena Paddy? Did you see Lorena's Chase debut? Um, I wasn't. I thought it was it was fine and decent. I did. I was surprised it wasn't a bit more flashy. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was just Walkman, like really wasn't it? But at the end of the day, you can't really start by um, by cribbing too much because how impressive was was Manila Endo earlier in the year? So mm-hmm. you know she, she's gone and won by by eight lengths um, on the whole. The jumping was pretty pretty good, and you know she's gone across the line pretty strong. Um, you know conditions obviously took a fair bit of getting through at Navin the other day, but. Certainly wasn't a bad start, um, and it'd be interesting to see where where connections will go next. Yeah, um, Demar throw Lorena at you. I mean, enters the the pitches for all those big novice chasers. She was in it beforehand, but now we've seen a jump offence. Yeah, she was she was impressive. Um, I really liked the way that she jumped. She's she's clearly just like this is her game. Mm-hmm. It was never meant to be hurdling, really. Mm. Um, she's not a two miler in my opinion whatsoever. Uh, I think she's if anything, she just seems to really pick herself up the kind of the further she goes. Um, I think she's a, a JLT mayor uh, I'd say she'll end up in that and then probably end up winning the mayor's chase next year tell them <laughs> uh, when really this mayor could be anything um, the one horse Manella Indo is not worth uh, nobody should read too much into Manella Indo um, Henry de Bromhead was at pains last year to keep saying um, after that first run behind Alaho that this horse is very hard to get fit and once he gets fit, then he motors on, which he proved at Cheltenham and sure, punches down. He so, definitely saw that, yeah. Yeah, so um, the jockey was very, very soft on him. Um, he's still a quality, quality horse uh, who had a lot of depth into that RSA market. And mm-hmm. I was very enthused by the uh, jumping style. But again, with Henry de Bromhead, he could get one of us jumping fences very well. And um, I think the, the two of them going forward will be at the top. Or whatever markets they'll be in. Yeah. Okay. Look, we left we left the race out there, and it's obviously the Betfair Chase with Lost in Translation and uh, and Bristol to Mike. Now, if Cyanem and Altior left a few questions and people on both sides of the fence still, as I think it did, there's no doubt which horse 
dominated and put in, I would say, the performance of the weekend. Lost in translation, the way Puppy almost got there too soon. The horse kind of jumped out of his hands with so much left against a horse like Bristol Demai, who is such a specialist there. Um, that's almost Bristol Demai's Gold Cup, although Twiston will tell you his Gold Cup is the Gold Cup. Um, the lost in translation is a bit of a superstar, Demma. He is. This performance was huge. Uh, I, I did think Daryl Jacob went, didn't go hard enough on Bristol Demai. I think he was very conscious of loss in translation behind him. I think compared to other years, he kind of blunted what Bristol Demai is. Bristol Demai, you, you know, you try and get him far enough ahead and he, he'll just keep going. Because to give that horse fierce credit, even when loss in translation went by him, he wasn't stopping. He was still trying to get back to him. Um, I... I said on Twitter afterwards that I, I adore this horse. This horse is absolutely outstanding. The way he jumps, the way he travels, um, the way Robbie Power uh, just gets on so well with him. I still don't like him for a Gold Cup. I just, I still don't. I don't think he gets up that hill. Just because he might over jump himself around. I think he overdoes it, yeah. yeah. I think, like, I said this since the Carlisle run. I think his running style will lend itself beautifully to a Betfair. I think he'll win the King George in handstands. Uh, regardless who's who's against them, mm-hmm. but I just think in a Gold Cup, uh, Robbie seemed to be very conscious that he didn't want to take it up too early. He didn't want them kind of gunning for him. It's like he he's clearly... trying to get him to pop away, pop away, pop away until I need you. Yeah, and then when he needed him, geez, he came. Oh, he, he came, came so quick, and the ears pricked. As in, yeah, yeah. like I'm not saying he doesn't stay effectively. Mm. I just don't think the end of a Gold Cup trip when you'll have much more than Bristol Demai at him. Um, I, I'm not convinced on this horse as a stayer at all for a Gold Cup test which is a very unique test I think he's a superstar but I, I yeah for Gold Cup I hope he wins the King George because I'll be on him and then afterwards I'll be looking for something to beat him in the Gold Cup Paddy take that point and, uh, and run with it please about his exuberance and whether that would suit at Cheltenham with that stiff hill after so many fences jumped yeah just it seems to be something he, he can't um he can't stop doing, isn't he? He's just so scopey, isn't he? I mean, God, it, like at Carlisle, the first day, really, because of just sheer lack of opposition, he was travelling so well, he was able to get away with some of the jumps he put in. Um, but he's done it again the other day, but I just think, honestly, this horse has improved so much, even from five to six to seven. Um, and like the other day, Bristol Demai, some people were of the opinion that Dar maybe went astride too slow. Mm. Uh, for for his own, you know, for his own horse, um, and if that's the case, like Robbie, Robbie dropped loss in translation a fair way out, considering there was only four runners, he was quite patient on him. And if if it's right, I actually take as much notice as regards the the, the pace they were going. But if he has dropped them in stone last off level weights off only an average gallop, the way he, how easy he's been able to travel to them, um, and go go and win the way he did. It was a it was a real real good performance. Uh, I I don't think I couldn't really crab Bristol Lemay or Darl Jacob on the day. I, I just think that the best horse rocked up on the day and, and got the job done. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, it's almost like he was protecting a handicap mark at the end, and there's absolutely no point in doing that. Um, would he would he be a horse for the? I mean, he got beat by Deffy Desoy at Cheltenham last year, so there is that question mark there, Paddy. And I know that was over a shorter trip, but there is that question mark. Yeah, I suppose there is, but obviously he 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 got um he got first go on Deffy Desai in the Dipper, didn't he, on New Year's Day? Yeah. Um, you know, when he made the running over over two and a half. And yep. then uh, Deffy Deffy Desai turned the tables on him in, in the JLT. But um 
I don't know. It, it's difficult. I wouldn't have too many question marks about him around um, getting up that hill in Cheltenham. I honestly, I don't want to see him coming up outside the wings at every fence because, yeah, he's able to do it, but it, it is all the time, it is using a lot of petrol, um, you know, and, and it's okay doing it here and there and you are going to make ground doing it and, and hold your position. But that said, all the time, it is using an awful lot of petrol rather than if you're just pop, 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 you know? Yep, it's, um, a, it's a fascinating complaint that the only thing we can find wrong with Lost in Translation, he jumps too well. He jumps well. way too well, yeah. yeah. No, I, and just to clarify, it's not the physical hill that I would have a problem with him. He's He's gone up it. Even, even in the JLT, he wasn't stopping. He just bumped into a freak as well mm. in Defi Desai. They are clearly the two best novice chasers we'll see. And then it's up to the RSA horses now to kind of get their act together but the two of them are clearly unbelievably smart horses but it's more just when you couple everything in together the exuberance the high propensity for the ground being being soft again uh with a big field where you'll have to bury him um there's enough that can potentially go wrong with him i think that um he'll be very short once he once he wins the king george which he does in my opinion that mm -hmm. uh he'll be worth taking on for a gold cup okay all right, well, look, we're nearly done with the review. A uh, couple of other things I wanted to mention. Get a Bird was out, uh, won quite well. Just wanted to flag that. Might be a horse to take forward. Caitlin versus um, Diego de Charmil. Round two took place, and Caitlin came out on top. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, so the, the nap... He was screwed, no, no, so... No, 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 I'm moving on. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, the nap um, for Paddy and me uh, with the last day uh, didn't run up to fruition. Sorry, Demo, you want to say something about Caitlin, Diego? Go on. Yeah, so Caitlin was was rightfully screwed on the day, really. No, 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 no. Different race, different conditions, different weights um, so absolutely not uh, there was a, a really decent handicap hurdle that was won by Stony Mountain I want to give a shout out to Tomas O'Brien who rode um, Stony Mountain and actually I ended up back in the second now I love Stony Mountain but um, Tomas O'Brien that ride for Henry Daly where he did not give up after the last yeah, and that horse came ride. from the clouds um, yeah so he did not give up after the last and that horse came from the clouds absolutely killed my Saturday in terms of betting but at the same time I thought it was an absolute belter so uh, well done to um, those guys so okay anyone got anything else to mention from the weekend or we will take a break at this point um, easy work was uh, oh yeah was very good for Gordon Elliott Fury Road won again in a race that was was pitiful altogether um, he was 25 to 1 on on the day but he's still interesting to take forward but yeah look it was a huge huge weekend of racing um, again we have another one coming up, Tim. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, the star performance of last weekend. Something I'm going to add to the podcast. Um, I'm going to give Lost in Translation 7 out of 5 for last weekend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll move on from there. Okay, we'll take a break. You're listening to The Race Out. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. You're very welcome back to the Race Hour broadcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's Dean Ryan, myself, obviously, Demonola and Paddy Aspel. Let's take a look at the weekend's race and to come. Hopefully, we will continue our fine form of finding one or two winners across the card. Um, I might start with one in the... No, I was going to do the 205 at Newcastle. I'll save that for when I need a banker later on. Yeah. Um, why don't we kick off at Newbury and take a look at the um, 150, which is the Bet Today Handicap Hurdle. 
two and a bit miles, well, two and a half miles ahead of them. Actually, the front two are very interested in this in that, that Dan McGrew has a very nice piece of form from uh, last time out beating a horse who ran really well at the weekend, and that was AC Milan um, against downtown getaway. But it's a wide open field. It's six to one on the field, Derm. I imagine if you found one here, at least the price. Yeah, Dan McGrew is the one that I'm actually very confident on. Yeah. Um, that, that piece of form with um, obviously beating AC Milan at Plumpton last time. That horse ran an absolute blind there behind Sony Mountain last time. Cobden's jacked up already. Um, it just looks upon Paul Nichols' Saturday winner, doesn't it? Uh, all, all the way through it. So he's the one I've backed already because I can see him going off quite short off that mark. Um, and bar that the, the rest of the field you could kind of throw a blanket over them there was, there was one there Mr. One More of um, of Harry Fry's his horses are really starting to kind of to catch fire now and um, he's a horse that, that, that they had taught a lot of uh, he beat Laylor in his earlier days um, and that's very decent form because that horse obviously went on afterwards um, he's kind of got off the game a small bit now but Laylor is still a decent horse and Mr. One More put him firmly in his place so if Mr. One More was to rock up there as well he'd be very interested about 16 to 1 you could see him being gambled with the yard now back in form but saying all that I still think Dan McGrew takes the world of beating here Dan. yeah it's a long time since we've seen Mr. One More obviously yeah. um, there was there was a horse I thought was interesting in here if, if Hendo decides to run it rather than downtown get away and he, he might run both uh, the Cashel Man who is a very fine uh, animal on the flat and uh, has won over hurdles already Paddy what did you make of this race? Yeah, the Cashel man, he's one I did note down, uh, to be honest, you know, because really we've not seen an awful lot of this chap, certainly yeah. over hurdles anyway. Um, but you know, he was a decent animal on the level for for Dave Simcock before Henderson even got his hands on him. Not wouldn't say he was prolific in his later years on the flat, but he certainly has got some tidy form over hurdles. Um like even his debut, he was second to Pim, who we seen the other day. Um, you know, a stable mate who only beaten the neck that day. He was beating the neck at Kempton by reserve tank. Um, he's got some very, very tidy form, um, to be honest. And I mean, the last time I seen him was on the level at Goodwood when he ran a hell of a race behind Timoshenko. He was only beating three lengths in a red hot uh, Goodwood handicap. So, you know, he's a 90 horse on the flat. Um, you know, and he, the last time we did see him, um, over obstacles, he won his maiden hurdle very, very easy, albeit only at Foss Lass in, in a small field. But obviously, he's got to step up. But 10 stone six there, he's in at the minute, might have a little bit more to carry. But going forward, um, for a seven year old, he's very, very unexposed. Yeah, I mean, the prices right now, and obviously, there's no guarantee, there's no jockey booked up or anything like that. I thought the Cashel Man was interesting, but that AC Milan form does look very solid for Dan McGrew. They'd be the two, I think, were taken away with us for that 150. Why don't we have a look at the 225 on the card at Newbury? Um, that's the intermediate hurdle there, just over two miles. Uh, Epitante could be back here, who I definitely think they're going to be winning races with this season for Nicky Henderson. But again, uh, Dan, I'll come to you first. I mean, we're talking five, six to on the field and plenty of options. Yeah, she's, I don't know, she was ninth in a very a bang average renewal of the mayor and novice hurdle. I'm not sure whether they kind of thought she was a lot better than she actually is. Like, if she rocks up there, you'd imagine her going off much shorter than that as well. And I'd be looking to take her on all day long in a race like that. Um, Fan Fan Desai is uh, 14 to 1 and uh, was a really good fifth in the Fred Winter last year. The winner of that race, obviously, is Band of Outlaws, who I don't think is done winning yet in handicap hurdles. Um, this horse will run off um, of 133, a 14 to 1. Um, has some decent form from last season. Tom George is absolutely flying. 
Johnny Burke is uh, is riding winners left, right, and centre, and uh, was only fourth last time out at air. But I wouldn't be worried about that as um, the two seasons so far for this horse has needed its runs after a break, so should definitely kick on for that. And Fan Fan Desai at fourteen to one there for Tom George and Johnny Burke, who, as I've said, are on absolute fire. I think the uh, the mark is far too low and the price is far too big. Decent, uh, decent price about for that fan fan. So, uh, Paddy, over to you. Uh, there was a few here. Obviously, um, Epitante did disappoint at the festival, but, you know, she's shown pre- prior to that that she is a bit racy. And I think on the day, even though Connections did put the hood on her, she just done too much. But, you know, in the end, to say it was such a good grade two, I thought she was only beating nine and three quarter lengths. And she did just do enough wrong. Um, was never involved, but in the end, finished nine to twenty-two. And um, I don't think what was disgraced, but simply because she went off fifteen-day favourite, probably on paper, it, it looked like a very disappointing run. But I don't actually think it was that bad. It'd be interesting to see how she summered and if she is a little bit more relaxed this time around. She'll need to be. Um, but you know, I do think she's got an awful lot of ability, Epitante. But she is just her own worst enemy at times. Yeah. Um, there was another couple in here, just I thought maybe at better prices. Scaramanga for Paul Nichols, um, although beaten favourite on his return, I don't think he actually ran too bad, to be fair. Um, this was a pretty tidy horse on the level when I'm pretty sure James Fanshawe might have trained him. But you know, he's only a four-year-old, hasn't had an awful lot of racing over hurdles, and I do think he will have benefited from that return 50 days ago. And the other one I thought maybe was a horse for the north in um, Elvis Mail. This gelded by Great Pretender. Very, very consistent. I would say this is one of the best horses that Nick Alexander has got this year because I have heard him speak about this Elvis Mail a couple of times. And it's not very often that he ventures down south, especially so early in the season mm. uh, with one. And although he's got his fair share of weight to carry 11-6, absolutely bolted up the last day. And Elvis Mail for me, I think, could just be one at a sort of sneaky each-way price there for, uh, for Nick and Lucy Alexander. Interesting, yeah. Already jocked up, like you say. Obviously, Lucy Ryan uh, for Nick Alexander. There, that's Elvis Mayo. Okay, a few shouts there. I, I'm always interested in the hype horses and how they return. I don't know if I'll be getting uh, in any way uh, too involved in that race, but Epitante, I do think, uh, has a big future, but has to go and do it on the course again. So we will see what happens. Why don't we take a look then at the big race? There's one more race at Newbury we'll talk about, but let's let's have a look at the Labrador Trophy Chase because obviously it's one of the big highlights of the weekend. I think we were asked a question actually about this race a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about who was our kind of fancy for it. And all we could keep coming back to was that the big horses are going to skip this, the likes of your Lost in Translation, just Santinis, and they have done that. But there is still a decent field here. I would be surprised if connections that got involved with Cabaret Queen thought they'd be going off uh, close to favourite for the Labrador Trophy when they got involved. But here they are for Willie Mullins if they do turn up. Uh, OK Corral seems to have ended up being the Nicky Henderson horse for the race, and that's likely to go off favourite. Uh, Mr. Malarkey was one I picked out when we were asked the question a few weeks ago, um, and he's had a run as well, which actually might have been interesting. We were talking about that uh, when he did come back out. That's for Colin Tizard. Uh, Derma, you've got on the blind side in here. I'm not sure whether you're going to be steaming that way. And if you look at Tizard's other entries, uh, quite a few hipsters around for West Approach and Elegant Escape, who I said could be a Gold Cup horse. You said Welsh National. So, Dermo, over to you. Yeah, this race makes me really sad, actually. To oh. such, yeah, I just think that it's uh, it's years gone by, you know, like when you've got the Denmans and all these horses running this race. I know, and now, I, know I know. And now your favourite is OK Corral. Did I not uh, tee up with much vigour for you either? I kind of felt like I didn't. <laughs> you did, you did, you did. I tried. 
You tried. It's just, yeah, it's very sad. Uh, Cabaret Queen is here. She's, look, she's interested. She was brilliant last time out. But again, she's just as good as she is and as exciting as her last performance was. She's still 7-1 to one for uh, for a Hennessy is 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 quite depressing, really. Um, she's very interesting. She'll be, she'll be very hard to beat. I can't have okay Corral at all, at all. Um, I'll be taking him on all days long. He's big, he's cumbersome. He doesn't really seem to stay all that well for me either. You know, like a light last year in the um, in the four miler at Cheltenham. Uh, I don't think he'll want anything like like this race. Uh, Cabaret Queen is very interesting. She's in the could be anything category. She's a race of lovely weight. So by default, she could just end up falling in for it. Um, the other ones on the blind side uh, can't jump. Uh, as much as I love him, I think this race is going to end up being way too far of a test for him. Uh, Mr. Malarkey, that run last time was very interesting. He he should come on for that. And him and Elegant Escape, I couldn't put anyone off it because they are the kind of horses for a disappointing feel like this that can Slightly tougher task for Elegant Escape than last time yeah, when it went around in course, this and got and beat by size in Tennessee. So if he couldn't win that day, but he was only six, like seven now. That's it exactly. Mm. Um, so, you know, he he definitely will improve. But just from an each way point of view, the one I've landed on here is um, is Dingo Dollar. Um, he's he's uh, he's sorry <laughs> he's not off that much uh, that much higher now he's um he was third last year at 16 to 1 okay. he was only 6 he's going on 7 now this is not a better renewal of the race so from an each way point of view at 16 to 1 you know that he'll place the Alan King yard is kicking on much better than it was at this time last season so he is interesting value um at 16s in what is a terrible race um so that's why I've ended up backing him this morning each way because you know he'll run you know that he'll run his race you don't know that with an awful lot more of them he's more or less running off the same weight as last year so he might just have that edge over elegant escape because of that and um he could just end up kind of going up through the places and maybe even winning the race it is that bad okay it's a bad race paddy that's what demo thinks it's hard to disagree unless something goes and rocks away with it in in breathtaking fashion i think there's a couple in here with class angles to to get stuck into but paddy you're next yeah, I mean, I think Cabaret Queen, she's run two fine races. I mean, absolutely bolted up in the Munster National yeah. and was probably unlucky in that good handicap chase around Lestol as well, where she just got a right old bump at the second last there. And I definitely think it cost her a chance, although she was beaten uh, over a couple of lengths in the end. But both them races have come off fairly low weights. I think one was 9-12. The Munster National was 9-12. The, the Lestol race was 10-4. She's going to have a bit more weight on her back. But... You know, she's only seven year old. Um, this will be her 11 start over fences. It's rare to say that I think Willie Mullins has actually even improved this mare from Dan Skelton's, um, you know, which is it certainly takes a bit of doing. But I do think she is on the up. And, you know, Willie Mullins, he does like to have a winner at this meeting, doesn't he? Uh, it's a race that he has targeted down the years. Um, so I certainly wouldn't put anybody off her at all. I'm I'm just finding it hard to be convinced by OK Corral. Although he does run well fresh um, for a horse of his age, he hasn't really, you can't say he's had a hard life, to be honest, because he's nine-year-old now. And, you know, we've only seen him in public eight times. Um, so, or 11 times, sorry. So, I think for me, I was happy to be with Cabaret Queen. I thought Elegant Escape, that was a real good return. And, I mean, he was second in this race last year giving the winner seven pound uh the other two i looked at was just as regards each way was brave eagle 
he's a real good weight carrier, Brave Eagle, and generally runs his race. And the other one maybe was two Tafts, who was pretty low mileage. And, you know, that, that was a good return. But I, I do like uh, Willie Mullins' record in this race. And for me, I would happy to be with, with, with Cabaret Queen, hopefully, if, if, if she hasn't got much more than, than the 10-12 she's got at the minute. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously an informed runner for Willie Mullins, as you say, improved uh, out of Dan Skelton's, which takes some doing, but must be a very decent animal to go to war with. We haven't really discussed the OK Corral, and I think that's probably down to the price. Everyone just going, well, the chances are obvious enough and, uh, and priced accordingly. And also, it hasn't been seen for 263 days, where at least Cabaret Queen's been out and about. Um, I wouldn't put anyone off Mr. Malarkey coming back and running a big race for Colin Tizard. I thought Elegant Escape, people would slightly undervalue that run um, behind Ballyoptic, where, you know, Ballyoptic's obviously improved this term and seasonal return. So Elegant Escape would probably be right up there at the class angle. And the third one I'm going to throw at you, although I'm not tipping all of these, just want to be careful with that, uh, is um, if there is a shock 40, 50 to one winner in here, I wonder if Neil Maholland might run Shantou Village. And if it does get round, I know Robbie Powell was very unlucky the last day not to go and win uh, at Listol behind Poker Party when it all went wrong at the end. And um, could outrun those prices, and that's probably where I'll be throwing my fiver each way is around the Shantou Village. And Paddy, you mentioned Willie Mullins' great record in the race. I wish it was better because I had Anthony Post vouchers on Kenboy when they never got on the boat that year, and I think he would have been pretty, <laughs> he would have been pretty difficult to stop yeah. in this on everything we've seen since. Maybe they couldn't get the owners to agree on a target. That would have been pretty tricky, wouldn't it? Um, as it I'm, was, I'm, I just see this morning that he's actually been cleared to run again he's hasn't back he? yeah Kenboy is back um, and a few I think six or seven horses seven are now, are now back and Aragon registered and few, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is good to hear for, for those that remain involved and of course Willie Mullins doesn't want these these horses uh, denied to run because that's what they're there to do so exactly. they'll be happier now to get out and about so Kenboy is back unfortunately never won uh, the Hennessy as he should have done <laughs> <laughs> oh it's all about me on this podcast I apologise okay let's do one more race then um, at Newbury after um, the Hennessy is um, perhaps a chance for, for Paul Nichols to get a win into Magic Saint, who's been to the well a few times and never quite delivered. Um, goes in that handicap chase there. So it's, it's pretty lively handicap chase, Dermo. Short trip as well, only just the two miles and a half a fell in front of him. Lady Buttons, what's wrong with you, who we talked about a few times on this podcast, especially in the run-up to Cheltenham last year. And Bondora and the old favourite could be in there. I'm guessing the winner's in there. I won't ask Paddy about not the news. So Dermo, you're away. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh... Magic Saint really does strike me as one of these, again, uh, Paul Nickel types that just kicks on all of a sudden and could, could knock up three or four. Uh, Give Me a Copper was kind of similar. It took him a while to kind of to get that win. And then he's he's been brilliant since. And Magic Saint, for for all that that he has probably let them down a few times, you know, it's only November 2018 when he when he had his first run for the yard. Um, he has won for them once, obviously, as well, beating Gino Trail um, and Azori in a decent race. I went Canton last year and at Cheltenham for me as I said in the podcast last week just really caught my attention in that um, was probably held up a bit too far out the rear and just made made some really nice progress but just couldn't get into it because the horses up front had kicked so well so um, should strip a lot fitter here uh, 9 to 2 is obviously a bit skinny for a handicap like this but there's nothing else really in it that that I'd be too mad about backing really. Double W's was the only other one that I kind of looked at and, and stopped with. But even that horse has kind of, is hard to know when he's actually, he's right and well with himself. And you've got some complete dodge pots there like Solar Impulse who are 16 to one and Di Cosimo as well, who is just a really awkward horse. So it's, whilst nine to two 
it may seem skinny uh, that lady buttons I think could end up in the uh, in the fighting fifth yeah. according to the trainer so uh, 92 at the moment is actually quite a bit of a magic saint because he will be running and uh, I think he will be winning Okay, interesting shout. I mean, they were very, very confident that horse was going to go and go huge in the Grand Annual behind Croco Bay. Market told you that. They, I think they've talked about it since that uh, they were just almost a bit shocked that he didn't go through with his effort that day. But still a very young horse, Paddy, only five years old. If they're right about how good he can be and after a couple of wind operations, maybe they have found the race now to go and get the career kicked off. Yeah, it could well be. And I mean... It, it appeared to me, I don't know, visually um, at Cheltenham on his reappearance, you know, they kind of, it looked like they just rode him to run well as possible. Um, okay. You know, he was never really involved, but, and although beating 16 lengths in the end, you know, he's ended up finishing fifth there in that happy diva race. Um, you know, and I didn't think it was a bad return at all because, you know, Harry Cobden was as kind as he could be to him. And you just imagine maybe a horse that has been struggling with his wind, um, you know, if, if, if he could get some some confidence from that run the other day, he could be very, very nicely weighted here. Um, you know, like I said, he is only five-year-olds and he's got plenty of ability, Magic Saint, but, you know, he's yet to uh, to step up on, on, on the big stage, really. So Saturday could be his day and I just don't know. I don't, connections haven't, I don't, I'm not sure if they've decided yet whether they're going to go fighting fifth route or, or going to run her down um, and try and win this race again with Lady Buttons. Mm. I mean, she's got, she won this race last year with 11 stone three. So she's got, a, you know, a bit more weight on her back this time around with 11, 11, but she's just so good, isn't she? I mean, you know, over, over hurdles, over fences, you know, for, for, for a mare of nine year old who has had an, an awful lot of leg trouble um, in the past. I mean, that's why, you know, Phil Kirby, he deserves real credit for the job he's done with this mare because at one stage her career was looking pretty moderate because she, she, she had a proper tendon at one stage. So it's amazing the way now even she has so much of a cut at a fence. You know, she's, she's very, very good. And if she turns up on the day, it's for me, it's very difficult to be against her because she's a great jumper. She's all heart. She never knows when she's beaten. And if she can win on Saturday with 11-11 on her back, it'll be a hell of a performance. But on the back of the performance she put up over hurdles at Weatherby on a return, for me, she was, you know, she, she won that without even Adam having to give her a, a, a proper shove. And um, it was it was a very, very good performance. Okay. It's fascinating if, if they do match up. I see Adam Nicholl is booked up uh, for Philip Kirby on Lady Buttons to take on and Cobden already booked up for Magic Saints. So, yeah, you say he might go fight fifth, Emma, but they might come here because, you know, it's been what they've been and done. I thought there was one horse I wanted to mention in the race was um, was Chesterfield for Seamus Mullins. Um, yeah. Should be fit and raring to go. Is a double-figure price. Um, could certainly get involved here in the shake-up. I think there's plenty of bits and pieces of form in there that would entitle um, him to be involved over this uh, minimum trip, really, at Newbury. At the back end of that um, Labrook card, it is a cracking card. Um, I'd be siding with a little bit of each way uh, money on Chesterfield the field but Dermo you could be right about Magic State and as Paddy's talking about there with Lady Buttons in rude rude health the nine-year-old for Philip Kirby so does look a very good race why don't we move on to a couple of races at Newcastle before we take a look at Fairy House um, and their cracking meeting and it should be pretty easy to sort out the fighting fifth um, Bouvardet is reportedly thriving and uh, they missed a race course gallop because everything was good and they just wanted to go and get it done on the track uh, Paddy I might come to you first with this um, if Bouvard wasn't running we'd end up with Silver Streak and, and potentially Lady Buttons in here but I'm pretty sure Bouvet is going to go. Will he win if he turns up in the fight in fifth? 
Well, you should do. I mean, obviously, he's got such a good record in the race. He's won the last two runs of it. And I mean, this is just a proper, proper two-miler, Bouvedere. Um, really is. I mean, disappointing turnout, obviously, because, I mean, after Lady Buttons, I mean, even she's, she's 14 to 1 in the place. But after that, you know, it jumps out the cornerstone ladder at 25. So, disappointing turnout. I mean, Silver Streak, on his day, he's not a bad horse. But, you know... But, but Bouvedere for me would be absolutely different gravy, and I mean he's priced up, you know, more than accordingly at at, at two to five because I think it's his time of year. It's it's the race that they've made his return in, like I said, in the last couple of years. So it's very very difficult to be against him. And um, the the, the only blot on his copybook really is um is the champion hurdle last year where he crashed out early doors. But mm-hmm. apart from that. He's turned up for the gig every time and very, very likable horse. Yeah, only been caught out once really by Vadana Blue that time. But like, I just think he dots up six to one. He is for the champion hurdle demo. He's not your fancy though. Uh, no, I absolutely love this horse. Um, always have. I really always will. But I think he's, um, I think there's younger pretenders coming along and there's there's more youth in their legs than his. And he'll win on, he'll win on Saturday. I hope they don't shorten him for winning this this. This race, he might get really, clipped a point or something. He's sixes. They, they so, shouldn't. They really well, you shouldn't. Know, you need but to, uh, you know, right. if he obviously alive and well, that's that's all you want to see. And he's uh, he's further rhetoric into the season, which is always great to see. Damn, I'll let you kick off first with the uh, rehearsal chase, which is always a, a decent race on that Newcastle card. That goes off at uh, three twenty. Um, it's tricky enough. Another five six to one uh, the field with plenty of those this weekend. Um, Topville Ben is in here though for Philip Kirby. Might be interesting if you know they, they didn't pull it off with their early season raid, but maybe they can they can come back to the party here. Kill Philem Cross for Henry Oliver and David Cross has dropped up. Rose Dobbins, uh, Johnny Sofa is also dropped up for Craig Nickel. Um, gonna have to find something that you know doesn't mind going around heavy ground and slopping around three miles here yeah this is going to be obviously a very hard race to to get right the uh the two i've landed on one is um a horse who finds it very difficult to win but he is very talented is um is captain redbeard uh he won't mind the distance he won't mind the ground he won't mind anything at all it'll just be whether or not he can be kitted into actually winning a race will be the big thing with him he has won in the past but he just seems to prefer to try to rattle out of the pram at times um, then another horse here that I thought was just a wild old price at 20 to 1 was um, was Chidswell for Nicky Richards um, he's only £5 higher than when he beat Dingo Dollar last season at um, at Doncaster he's one of these horses who's always threatened to kind of to win a bigger race than this again um, he won that very well seems a small bit like he might have been held back furthest then because obviously being a Northern Yard this is one of the biggest races of the year up there and um, he'd be running here of a decent mark and the Nicky Richards stable as I said it's a brilliant yard and they've had about three winners now over the last 10 days or so so Chidswell at 20 to 1 if he does turn up I think he's very interesting in a race that it really could kind of go to any of them couldn't it uh, yeah, I think it probably could. Uh, it looks it looks mighty tricky. I'm not going to be steaming it. I'd echo what you said about Captain Redbeard. I mean, it's got to drop right for them again at some point. And uh, the Coulthards are uh, obviously always going to go for this race yeah. with this horse. Uh, Paddy, did you find something that could, you know, swim three miles around Newcastle? Well, Nicky, Nicky's just had another one there at Weatherby as well, Dermo. So the, the team are in very good order at the minute. Yeah, nice. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, although this is only a three-mile race, I've ridden in this rehearsal a few times and it really is, for whatever reason, it's a very grueling race. Um, it really, really is. I mean, this is a stepping stone for plenty of horses a bit further down the line. Um, 
obviously Johnny Sofa, he is fragile, and that was an amazing training performance by Rose Dobbin to get him back um, to win it here a month ago. Um, you know, he's very, very talented, this horse, but for a nine-year-old, unfortunately, we haven't seen nowhere near as much as, 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 as we'd like to see him, but he's very talented. Um, he's two from three over fences, so he's very low mileage considering he's he's nine year old. Obviously, you know I love old Lakeview lad of of yeah. uh, Nick Alexander's, but you know obviously he won this race last year, but he's got top weight on Saturday ten thirteen he had last year. But you know he's a lovely lovely horse. This is his reappearance, so we'll just have to wait and see maybe where we're at. So I'd probably maybe just give him a swerve with eleven twelve on reappearance um, this time. And then the other one I looked at as well, I thought might be a little bit of a price, was Venetia's Commodore. It's not jocked up yet with seven-year-olds, only got 10 stone five and, and a good reappearance last time. But, I mean, like I said, this really is a, a very, very grueling race. So you, you need a horse that's that's going to see it out and, and will handle conditions because at the minute they're giving Newcastle straight heavy and, you know, we're, we're getting plenty of rain of our direction. So... And it's gonna it's gonna be the last race on the card. The ground will be opened up, so they'll they'll they won't be um they won't be sprinting up the straight here in the rehearsal. But <laughs> you certainly need need a horse who who's gonna see it out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, interesting. Calypso has entered up there, Dama, but I think there's absolutely no chance they'll take. I their don't think he's no. He's not that much of a uh, out and out brute. Venetia's like it deep, think, yeah. but I'm not sure he's going to like it no, deep, deep. No. Um, interesting though, wherever they do end up running that horse. Yeah, point. he entered in all the big parties so far, so when he does actually get declared, yeah, he, he'll he won. It was very interesting. Yeah, not one to go uh, steaming into, just until you know. Uh, just be uh, aware of that if you do remember us chatting and waxing lyrical about that horse previously on here. Right, let's move over to um, Fairy House because it is the bar one and the, the Royal Bond meeting and the Trim Moor and all sorts of cracking races coming up over the weekend at Fairy House. We're going to take a look um, at the Royal Bond first. Um, Envoy Allen wins, Dermot Nolan. Did I take the words out of your mouth? Envoy Allen wins, yeah. Envoy Allen should be unbelievably hard to stop. Um, just everyone down in the yard every time you hear Gordon talk about him uh, his form has been franked already by front view and in Tukas obviously uh, the last day was second behind Datsy when poor old Pat Healy was nearly uh, knocked into yeah. into China but thank God Pat Healy's absolutely fine which is absolutely fantastic so obviously get well soon Pat so um, echoed but it's um, yeah this this is a really just a top quality race Abkadabras um, uh, Kitonu keep saying um should not be undervalued in this he thinks he will make envoy allen really think about things yeah he said that this horse is unbelievably quick he needs to improve his jumping which if you watch his last few races that is fairly obvious he'll probably have robbie power up on his back i'd imagine which is obviously very interesting and uh, you'd have robbie against davy here um but just everything about envoy allen every piece of form he has um even that first hurdle race that you could have been forgiven by the ease in which he won the taint that he was only beating a bit of riffraff in behind and then a front view comes out and beats Jon Snow, who everyone knows is well thought of by the Willie Mullins team. Um, it just shows how deep Envy Allen's form goes. Yeah. And four to five there probably. Like, it's an ACA filler. I, I, uh-huh. I'm never somebody who, who yeah, backs yeah. horses at those odds, but he's one of those horses you can throw in your ACA and say, yeah, look, there's a sure thing anyway. Okay. Um, there's no hiding place in this race, Paddy. All the all the big guns are coming to the party that you can find uh, in in Ireland to to have a crack at Envoy Allen. Uh, you imagine he'll be good enough. Yeah, Envoy Allen, he is very good. But I mean, I was very impressed with um, Abigail on return. Um, 
you know, because I, I really just like, I like the second horse of, of Paul Nolan's latest exhibition. I thought, you know, he's gone and put him away by three lengths at at Navin. You know, there was a nice gap back to the third. But, you know, Abacadabra never, you know, Robbie Power never moved on him. Um, it was a hell of a performance. I think this is this is going to be Envoy's biggest test for me yeah. so far over hurdles. Obviously, he, he's got experience of the track. Um but it's just when you run down to the race. I mean, what a race! What a lineup! Um, it's just a pity that 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 um, you know some of the horses. When we look on on Sunday evening, you're going to look and think, "Oh, that was disappointing." But then you've got to look at what else is in the race. Um, you know, because even Soviet Pimpernel have beat her batties down the bottom. You know, we've seen that horse is coming back from you know a massive. Was that handicap at Cheltenham? Um, I think it was, wasn't it? Where he he chased home um, Keldestan. Uh, no, no, that was a graded race, wasn't oh, no. it? Yeah, that's right. It was the Masters and Holdings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was only beaten um, three quarters of a lane. You know, massive, massive race that ran. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have Soviet Pimpernel out of it at all. But this is very, very good. But I, I'm going to stick with the horse at the top here, um, Abacadabra, the five-year-old. Um, but it's a race I'm really, really looking forward to. And this is, you know, this is a big pointer going forward for the season for, for a lot of horses. Okay, we had a big shout on Twitter actually saying that Soviet Pimpernel was uh, the the each way play uh, in this contest, and and Paddy's going to take on Envoy Allen. I think, like I said, this there is no hiding place in this race. So no, if no. he goes and gets it done, uh, I don't know what price he'd be for Cheltenham, but it will be pretty sickening. And he'll be sickeningly short for a Supreme and a Ballymore. Oh, everything because you want to clue or whatever him they want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas you'd imagine Abra, uh, Abba. Abacadabra, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, you imagine wherever, whatever that does, it would probably enhance even if he's beaten and uh, and and do the same thing. So you know, don't rule out Gavin Cromwell's Derby Star running a good race. Joseph is going in probably mob handed with a couple likes of Midnight Running Embittered. It's going to be um, fascinating race. I can't wait for it. And that's what you get at Fairy House this time of year. This meeting is absolutely um, set up to do exactly that. Mick McGuinness was on uh, for. A couple of questions there on Twitter asking about the Drimmore, and that's the race we're going to come to now. Um, and Burroughs Saint, he felt, was overpriced. But, you know, I'm in the Sam Crow camp, so I'm probably best to ask everyone else what they think about this race. This is a race I love. It's run down the road from my house, and everything about it um, screams to me, Cheltenham Prospect, Cheltenham Prospect. And so the Drimmore is one of my favourites. So the bar one race in Drimmore does go to post at 1.30 uh, on the Sunday at Fairy House. And Derma, I will come to you first about this. I'm imagining Sam Crow is going to go a favourite here, even though you know, potentially takes on well, the best of what's around over this side anyway. Yeah, he will. He'll go off short enough. But again, he, he does have to give way to Fakir Dudery. Um if he does definitely show up here. It's brave running Fakir here at this It trip. would be, Do especially just after after the last run. Um but Sam Cross to give him eight pounds. I mean that performance against Mellon would suggest that, that, yes. that that'll be a task for any novice. Um so Fakir Dudery you can see why he's such a short price and there's one horse as well about six to one who should not be ruled out of this is um is ronald pump who i probably would be backing into without sam crow market uh i thought last time that was just a superb performance um here 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 at fairy house he absolutely destroyed the likes of speakeasy galvin who ran well yesterday um but poem was in that race and he just put them all to bed so easily uh, this was a horse who won off high marks over hurdles and uh, Matthew Smith is a brilliant trainer really really good trainer so you can see why he's he's the price he is but he's not uh, terrifically short either but 
we all thought Sam Crow was a star. He had a real blip last season, uh, but a lot of those kind of generation did. If he can come back and if he can give Fakir Dudery weight and um, and beat all these horses, which I kind of think he should really. If he does that, well then he's he can he's a JLT winner all day long, really. Yeah, but you see, like you say that right, and we were talking about Angel's Breath earlier on. And you were saying that's possibly a horse for the JLT. I couldn't think of two more contrasting style chasers could end up in a similar race at the Cheltenham Festival. Would be my view. But I think I think they both have absolutely balls of speed and and can really? stay, which I think is a JLT horse. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right, um, I'm all over Sam Crow for an RSA, but no one seems to agree with me. Paddy, uh, what do you think about the Drimmore first? Yeah, I mean, look, you'll always be looking to pick holes in, in Sam Crow because, you know, he'd been so disappointing last year, but, you know, he didn't do an awful lot wrong, I didn't think, on his return. Um, has won at Fairy House, but he's going to have to to come forward again because this is a very, very warm race. I think that horse that, that Dermo mentioned, Ronald Pump, this time last year, he was winning off 102 over hurdles. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. a brilliant. You know, he's a brilliant trainer, Matthew Smith. He's terrific. Yeah, and like the last day at um, when he won at Fairy House, I mean, he had that race won in a matter of five strides in the back of the second last. He quickened away that well. Um, you know, he beat Captain CJ by eight lengths. Incredible. Uh, I don't know a lot about about Smith, but he hasn't half improved this animal. So it were, really will be interesting to see. He's only a six-year-old. He's won five of his last six Ronald Pump. I know he's he's only had the what, what, only one of them starts have been over fences, but he was fairly good on his feet around here the last day, and, and Fairy House takes a bit of jumping, so he would certainly be no back number. But th- this is like it's like the 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 Royal Bond, very very warm race, and and, and on paper some horses are going to look um, a bit disappointing on Sunday evening. But obviously Battle Over Dying, he's two from two. Uh, maybe visually he didn't look over impressive the last day, but I didn't think he'd done an awful lot wrong. His jumping has been phenomenal for me so far. Um, the other horse, I really respect expatriate of uh, Elmery Holdens. He's a very, very decent hurdler, this. And he, he is going to win some nice races over fences, but whether just off um, off levels with the main protagonist here, he, he would be good enough. But yeah. And Fakir Dudery, he was very, very good on his, um, on his uh, last run over fences three weeks ago. So, I mean, this is red hot stuff. And, and because, you know, he's a four-year-old, he's going to get weight um, from his rivals all around. But very, very good race. But for me, I, I'm not going to go against the big horse at the top. I, I just think jumping-wise, he's. Uh, I said it last week on the pod, lads, he's got everything um, as regards what, what, what you've got to do over a fence. And, and so for me, I, I think I, I'd see him going going th- three from three over fences. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Sam Crow too. Do you know what? I can't think... It, it, someone correct me if they know, but a four-year-old winner of the Drimmore, I just can't think it's happened before. I'd be amazed. I'd be all. amazed, yeah. No, it, it's a very smart tactic because, like... I get it. Just Christmas, he gets get all the it. way. Yeah. It's brilliant. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be incredible, though, yeah. It would be incredible if that happens. But then, also, it's pretty incredible if Sam Crow can go and put this horse away given he gets that weight allowance and we know how good Fakir Dudari is um, a fascinating Drimmore a little bit different to one that we normally see with Fakir in there so okay fascinating race I'm going to stick with the, with the big horse as well Sam Crow but Derma uh, Burrow Saint just answered a question from uh, from Mick uh, as good as he was in the Irish Con National last year and he was outstanding um, I just think from a grade one point of view I would be happy to take him on but again I am known to be wrong 
Yep, yep, I'd be with you as well. I think the price is about right, around seven, eight to one uh, for Burroughs Saint in the Drimmore. Okay, well, the Hans Grace is also on the card, and it's the last race we're going to look at uh, of the weekend until we come to anything else. Um, another another question, I think it was Mick as well, was it regarding what's the, the Mayor's Hurdle play before the Hans Grace? Um, it's a fair question because this is kind of the Mayor's Hurdle. I know it's called the Hans Grace, but this is yeah. really the Mayor's Hurdle that we we potentially we'll see um at cheltenham um so i think the players to stick with honeysuckle and double down because we're talking about honeysuckle actually for this race is priced up around the three to one mark taking on benny de deux um apples jade i wouldn't be convinced we're going to see a full uh form apples jade just yet maybe we will uh, remember the temperature was quoted wasn't it as being yeah, the issue yeah, last yeah, time yeah, hopefully it's cold enough for, for <laughs> apples jade at very it's normally freezing yeah, so it's she, normally she, very cold she yeah, should yeah. be fine uh bacardi's you can't really rule it out uh Penhill, Surin, Davis Chapman. This is this is a really nice race. My my advice would be Mayor's Hurdle have another go at Honeysuckle because by winning this, she's not advertising a champion hurdle claim. She's advertising that no, she is the best yeah. mayor in the business. And hopefully that will steer uh, everybody concerned that maybe they have one little pot shot at champion hurdle contenders during the season. But the Mayor's Hurdle is where they go. Derma? Yeah, she's probably worth backing now as well, just in case Benny does come out. Uh, yeah. We don't tend to see oh, Benny yeah. this, this, this kind of close in the season. So seven to two, the you can get about Honeysuckle now. Stephen Cass was on the podcast and he was right about Honeysuckle. Uh, she has to step up to a, a massive level that is above her at the moment. She has to step up to meet Penn Hill, who they said that they'd run him because last season he didn't make Cheltenham. He's flying now. So he's the kind of horse he seems to be made. Of, he's very brittle, but he's a very talented horse. That uh, Stairs Hurdle and Albert Bartlett, he won. He did it in devastating fashion. Um, almost won a Stairs race like a sprinter would. He kind of belted away from them. Yeah. Um, Apples Jade, if she does bounce back, she'd probably kick most of these into touch, really. Uh, but again, she hasn't met mares very similar to Benny or Honeysuckle. She, they, these are are massively high quality. Uh, Soren, you wouldn't have him out of the places. Uh, sorry, you wouldn't have that horse out of the places whatsoever. Absolutely very decent. Uh, but again, those those front four of uh, Benny to do Honeysuckle, Penhill, and Apples Jade. But We've talked ourselves into a corner here, Dean, so we're going to have to stick with oh, Honeysuckle. We've no, we've no option. <laughs> we, only we, only we, Paddy we, is yeah, safe. Yeah, we, we've absolutely no option. Yeah. Honeysuckle wins and wins all. Yeah, Honeysuckle wins and then there's favourite for the mares and, and all we, we're going to talk about on the race out for the remaining nine weeks or however long it is, yeah. is uh, Honeysuckle. But Paddy, you're free of all this burden. So and a you, bit of Saldi as well. Yeah, so. oh, sorry, and Saldi. You yeah. can pick anything you want in here, Paddy. Honeysuckle, she's got a great, she's four from four at Fairy House. Um, honeysuckle but you know she looked good as ever on a return um i mean it's difficult apples jade's got a great track record as well but you just don't know how much you can rely on apples jade now that was slightly underwhelming that returning behind bacardi's last time um surin i think didn't really look that impressive but wexford really didn't look to suit her a couple of runs back that was much more like it in a very warm race at nace last time where she beat gardens of babylon by seven and a half lengths, you know, that was a very, very good effort in the end. Um, you know, in grade three company, I definitely think this tongue strap is helping Soarin, but I would I do think she prefers slightly better ground. Benny to do Willie Mullins is, you know, without the 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 hiccup at Cheltenham, I mean she would be um unbeaten over over hurdles. So very, very good mare. I mean she's eight year old now. I've not this is her first run for 187 days, but for me, I would have to be in, in the honeysuckle camp. Very difficult to be against her. She's still young legs, only five-year-old. She's not the highest rated in the race. 
Um, Apple's Jade is actually highest at 162. So, I mean, the handicapper thinks that the honeysuckle is, is 12 pounds behind Apple's Jade. Maybe he's right. Um, you know, we, we were on about surname and, and uh, Altior last week. These handicappers, they watch that much racing yep. that I think it's difficult to to, uh, to knock them really because that that was some certainly some shout with surname. But anyway, yeah, a honeysuckle would be difficult to be against her. She's very, very likable, uncomplicated. And um, but this is another race I'm looking forward to as well. Oh, very much so. Um, really looking forward to it. And I called out the handicapper last week and said he was wrong, and he was right. We all did. He yeah, he was very in right. fairness. So I'm hoping he's not as right as it appears here. That doesn't mean that Apple's Jade yeah. shouldn't have a higher rate than the Honeysuckle. She should. Uh, I am on board with that. But let's hope Honeysuckle can improve uh, past her current rating and get the job done. That would be the view on Ferris, a cracking meeting that um, always look forward to it every year. Do we have anything else to talk about over the weekend um, coming up before we get the naps, Dermo? Uh, yeah, there's a few very, very interesting races. Uh, Duke at the Tie will be giving weight all around them on Saturday in the um, in the 1 p.m. there. Mm. Um, that's a tough race over over two miles and hot mind's eye who'll be running off 10 stone 13 as much as a dodge pot that he is um he might just be well in enough in that race that he could be just be very hard to beat um and then as well as that the one horse that i'm really interested in to see what happens with him is on the 205 at fairy house again on sunday uh princess scars was sold by by Gigginstown. this was the horse that once produced an absolutely freakish performance at the punchdown festival but gordon elliott has um has clearly seen something in him because he's retained him and Simon Munir has bought him. So whenever Gordon Elliott hangs on to these Gigginstown horses that are being sold and finds new owners for them, they tend to do well afterwards because obviously Gordon sees something that Gigginstown don't and he wants to keep keep the horse around the place. The horse is a nine-year-old, will run here off 10 stone seven, um, an official rating of 131. I think he's a better horse than that. I think this horse could end up being really well handicapped because he's nine now. You can't be waiting anymore. You can't be plotting much with him. He has to He has to start winning and paying his way now. So Gordon's hung on to him. He's obviously convinced the Meniers to buy him. So I think he, he should be very interesting in that 205 handicap chase on Sunday. That's a fascinating shout. Um, yeah, really interesting runner in that Portlestown. Another race that I always look forward to at Fairy House over at the Bar One meeting. So Paddy, anything else for you? Or do you want to go in and give us your nap for the weekend? Uh, there was one in the French Furs up at Newcastle on Saturday, uh, the twelve fifty five. A horse who I thought looked really well and and jumped really well on debut uh, or on his return. Um, Kim Bailey's Espoir de Rome. Um, and Ned Curtis is jocked up. Ned actually rode him at Warwick, and he done absolutely nothing wrong on him. He's a fine, big strapping horse. This that they'll be they won't hang around over over hurdles with him, and I'd imagine he'll be jumping fences next year, but. I thought that was a really, really good effort. And the handicapper straight away has given him a mark of one, two, four. Um, but this is a very, very warm race. There's some nice horses in here. But I thought that was a real good performance. And, you know, you had the field well spread out in behind. So hopefully if, he, if he's declared for Saturday in the French Furs, Espoir de Romé. Yeah, cracking race that up against likes of Glenduff and Imperial Alcazar and over the top Victory Echo. Loads of last time out winners there. He could be decent though for Kim Bailey. Ned Curtis, as you say, dropped up. So it looks like that's where Espoir de Rome will go. Do you want to give us your nap of the weekend, Paddy, as well? Well, believe it or not, I forgot to mention him earlier on. Oh, um, good. Right, right at the beginning. It was in that race um, 
on Saturday that the Cashelman was in. I'm just going to get it up here again. 225 um, uh, Newbury, wasn't it? No, 150 Newbury. Dan McGrew's favourite downtown getaway against the Cashelman there. This was the race we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm hoping, you know, he is jocked up, but the horse right at the foot of the weights, uh, Pride of Lacal, of... Um, this was actually the first runner for Noel Fahe- the Noel Fahili Syndicate um, that they had. And this is a horse that Noel knows, knows plenty about. He's ridden him in the past, but he's got some lovely form um, from last year. And that return at Market Raisin, where he had 12 stone. And, I mean, he didn't jump brilliantly, but, I mean, he ended up winning with 12 stone by eight lengths in what was a reasonably warm race in, in pretty bad ground and like I say he's got a lovely racing weight there on Saturday of 9-12 he's only 8 year old and he looks to have really benefited from that wind up that Fergal O'Brien has given him so pride of Lacal in um, that 150 at Newbury on Saturday okay that's where Paddy's going Um, I was considering putting one up in that race but I'm not going to now because that does look like smart placement Demo yeah that, that absolutely really does yeah I am um, I'll go for a fairly big price so um in the 225 at Newbury, uh, Fan Fan du Soy is my nap of the weekend at 14 to 1. Okay, Fan Fan du Soy for demo in that 225 at Newbury, around 14s, I think. So 7 to 1, 14s. I'm going to let the side down and. Uh, Altior. And... <laughs> no, don't. Um, Altior for the King George. I mean, you can yeah. take that 7 to 1. That's a fair price. I do fancy that that is a decent bet you won't see happen very often. So I hope that comes off. But we've got to wait till Christmas for that. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Honeysuckle then because it's just very straightforward and uh and she can lead the lights all the way to Cheltenham. Uh, fascinating racing coming up this weekend um unfortunately maybe we're not getting the the labrick that we all wanted to see but um shantu village each way for me in that do you want to give your final labrick suggestion before we do move on demo uh, dingo dollar dingo dollar and paddy who wins the labrick um for me i mean look i could be here all day i thought dingo dollar was in there every chance but I was going to stick with Willie's horse, Willie's mare, should I say, uh, Cabaret Queen. Only seven-year-old. I'm just hoping that the weights don't go up too much. Okay, Cabaret Queen. All right, look, it's been a pleasure to have uh, the chaps on the Race Hour again. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you from bookmakers.co.uk and uh, from myself, Dean, Dermo, and Paddy. Uh, thanks for coming on and also Alex on production. We'll do it all again next week. Back some winners, fellas. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.